0: You just tell me what's wrong with that boy. Dirt. Dirt. Dirt in a few lines. Just bloated
1: it away. <laughs> uh. That's not the movie we watched. That's just literally what I sang. Sorry. That's not even on the
0: list. Yes it was.
1: (laughs) Shut up, it was too
0: I forgot Raiders was on the movie.
1: And then Colin bought it for me for Christmas. Where
0: the hell was Raiders? That
1: was It's way back. It's way back. I will look that up. Because remember I got really excited about it and then Colin bought it for me for Christmas. That's right. So it was October November.
0: That's right. But
1: that's not the movie we did. We did Bonnie and Clyde. Hello, everybody. From 1967, everyone. Fuck hello. intros. We're nope. moving right on. No, nope, not doing intros anymore.
0: Steam train. We we're going to get the sucker it down to
1: steam It's 2014. 20 intros are so. 2000 and late or something. I don't know. I'm going to drink my Coke.
0: That didn't rhyme mm-hmm. at all. It's 2014. No. Intros are so 2000 and boring.
1: Ha! <laughs>
0: oh! <laughs> Yeah, we have energy because it's before 9.30 at it night. It is 6
1: o'clock at night. It's early. I am done with the semester, regardless of the fact this episode comes out after I've been done for like a week and a half. But yeah. As of the recording, I finished my last academic class at school. When? After a very stressful oh, couple of days. Sorry,
0: you said when. I thought you went when. No,
1: when. <laughs> like you
0: were quizzing me and I'm like, I,
1: I don't know, win. a couple of weeks ago? I win. That was episode uh, 66. Oh, Okay.
0: So that was twenty episodes ago?
1: We're really good at math. Let's play more twenty forty eight. I
0: don't pay attention to my own show. No, I don't either. Obviously, since the episode I actually don't listen to my own
1: episodes. Uh oh.
0: Well, Lindsay, you said we watched Bonnie and Clyde. We did. Shall we make a quick side note regarding Bonnie and Clyde at the time of this release?
1: When this episode is released in a week or so. It will be the day before the... Day after. S- day after the 70th anniversary... 80th. 80th anniversary <laughs> numbers of... they <laughs> should have rehearsed this. ...the death of Bobby and Clyde. Because, spoiler alert, they die. Yeah,
0: <laughs> spoilers.
1: It's not a spoiler, it's history.
0: So, well, I think it was May 23rd of 1934. Yes. So, 80 years <laughs> and one day later was when we released this episode. Just for future people, you know, when it's like 2016 and people are like, hey, let's listen to this podcast that's three years old. You know, people apparently talk like that. Well, I know I do too, but this will be just, this will be, this, this podcast will be over with and we'll all be old and gray and dead.
1: In two thousand sixteen. Well, you know. In two years. Well when the
0: hoverboards come out, people are just gonna take off to space.
1: Singularity's so. not till twenty
0: twenty nine. Oh okay, so we got like nine, ten more years. Anyway Anyways. So. We watched
1: Bonnie and Clyde from nineteen sixty seven, which is rated R. It is an hour it's and fifty one. Yeah. Um, do I need to remind you of that one scene? You'll understand when I read trivia why it's rated R. Okay. Um Oh maybe so really, yeah,
0: that one scene. Biography, yeah,
1: scene. crime okay. drama. It is a somewhat romanticized account of the career of the notoriously violent bank-robbing couple and their gang. It is a 7.9 out of 10 and an 81 Metascore. We've mm-hmm. had our first Metascore for in a while. Not
0: a very long time.
1: Uh, starring Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, uh, Gene Hackman, Estelle Parsons, oh, excuse me, um, and Gene Wilder, and Evan Evans.
0: <laughs> I love Sorry, that Sorry, Evans Evans. Evans Evans. Not
1: Evan, not Evan Evans. Nope. Evans Evans. She's a woman. <laughs> she
0: is. Gene Wilder's part need to be bigger.
1: She was in an episode <laughs> of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, in like 94? As the last... She didn't do like anything.
0: Gene Wilder's in this movie for... Okay, for those of you who She's have still never,
1: alive. She's 77 years old.
0: For those of you who have not seen this movie... if you Go going, watch it. It's real yeah, good. Go watch it because I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. I liked it. Um... But if you're watching, if you've never seen this movie and you're like, oh, Gene Wilder's in it, this should be exciting. He's in it for about five minutes. (laughs) And it's in the middle of the film, too. And he makes a comment that he's from, he was from Wisconsin. Wisconsin originally.
1: And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Fun fact, in case kids didn't know, Gene Wilder's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Woo!
0: I actually almost made the comment of like, yeah, he looks like he'd be from Milwaukee, doesn't he? Yeah. He kinda does if you look at him. <laughs> he looks like I
1: love him. the tagline on IMDB for this. They're young, they're in love, and they kill people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that could be the tagline for so many movies.
1: Also, I was horrible and I did not read the section of public enemies I said I was going to oh. because it was the last week of the semester and fine no, because the last episode we recorded was on a Thursday. Thursday of the week prior. And I had a ridiculous amount of crap to go through, and i this is the first time I've had time to breathe since that Thursday, essentially.
0: And you are now going to be talking for the entire time that you're breathing.
1: Yeah, and I've already given two presentations today. Oh, so you're
0: fine. You're totally in the talking mode. Yeah. You're great. You're great. Well, Lindsay, what is your thoughts regarding the film?
1: I thought this was Bonnie and Clyde, not Bonnie and Clyde and Clyde's brother and his wife, and some random creepy dude.
0: <laughs> That's true, I mean, I know I know of the the borrow gang, yeah, like I know that I forgot but... that part. I just because it thought...
1: even says in the summary, but I'm like, I thought this was Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. And, okay. You want to know true, true, true story time or true admittance time? It's really embarrassing. I sometimes get Bonnie and Clyde and Thelma and Louise <laughs> switching in my brain. <laughs> I've never seen either one of them until this point. I now have seen Bonnie and Clyde. I have never seen Thelma and Louise, and I know they're two totally different movies. And in my head, I know they're different movies, but. The titles get flip-flopped in my brain. Don't ask.
0: You know the ones about two women, right? Yeah,
1: I know. That's what I said. I know that they're in no way the same, and I know that they're two different movies, and I know why they're two different movies, but... <laughs> I mean... That's like Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, right?
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. And Brad Pitt. Look, okay. Harvey Keitel and yeah. Michael...
1: I Christopher see.
0: McDonald. There's a lot of people in film. Shooter McGavin. Those. Oh, Stephen Tobolowsky Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. I've
1: never seen it.
0: Um, well, I mean, they're similar. I mean,
1: I always think that Bonnie people. and Clyde drove their car off a cliff, and that's not right.
0: Yeah. Everybody knows that faithful moment when Bonnie and Clyde basically were on Hold hands the, and drive they, off the cliff. They, right? Yeah, they were on the run from the police, and they're like, you know what? They this, are on the run
1: from the police. This is how we're
0: going to do this. Hold my hand, Bonnie. We're going to drive off this cliff.
1: <laughs> Shut up. I, I just opened my soul to you people. Shut up.
0: And everybody knows that scene when Thelma... Getting back in the car and the police just open fire Shut and riddle their bullets the car with bullets. No, I'm gonna make fun of you. Whatever. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done making fun of you. That's I I I, I have nothing else. Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> Don't know why I got a weird voice there for a second. Um, let's move on to awards with me, Jeff. Hi. Um I'm really hoping that people out there listening, at least somebody just went, hi hey, Jeff back because that would have been cool um all right so this film had a total of 42 award nominations 42 total 10 oscar nominations so it was uh, very well uh, received at the oscars in 1967 it uh, was nominated for but did not win best picture okay best actor in a leading role for warren beatty Best Actress in a Leading Role for Faye Dunaway, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Gene Hackman, and Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Michael J. Pollard, Best Director, Best Writing-slash-Story-slash-Screenplay for the Screen, and Best Costume Design. So there was eight nominations it did not win for. The two that it did in fact win for were Best Cinematography, And Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Estelle Parsons. For those of you that are our age and grew up in the 80s and the 90s and watched television, Estelle Parsons is better known as Roseanne's mom. Roseanne and Jackie's mom from the television show Roseanne. That's Estelle Parsons. Right, yep. And she kind of plays the same character. Kind of just a crazy... Not crazy. I don't want to say... Because Blanche wasn't crazy in this film. She just... She was hysterical because Estelle. They the movie portrayed her as being more like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to do this. Right. Let me go. I don't. You know, take me back home. Type thing. And she's constantly screaming. But um, the <laughs> yeah, the much.
1: children were screaming. That's Hook. <laughs>
0: um the uh the, the film that it lost Best Picture to. Yeah. Was in the heat of the night.
1: I didn't really care for that movie that yeah. much.
0: I think I will well, there's a reason I guess why this one's higher on the list then.
1: Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> between the two of them, would you which one would you would you have taken this one for best pitcher? Or would you still take No in the heat of the night, night still yeah. Still the best pitcher? Okay. Yep. Uh, and then finally, it uh, this film, Bonnie and Clyde, not in the heat of the night. But Bonnie and Clyde was entered into the National Film Registry as of 1992. Good! And I think it deserves it. I mean, it's a... I agree. It's, it's a, a well-done film. Movie. and I It filmed it. all over the freaking Warner Brothers sets. I realized while yeah. I was there this last time, I kept seeing Bonnie and Clyde on every plaque. Because for those of you who don't know, and I, might, I don't remember if I brought this up before on the podcast, outside every single one of the studios uh sound stages on the warner brothers lot they have these giant plaques that say what movies and what television shows filmed in on that sound stage yeah. and wins so it's kind of cool just to go around and see all that stuff so all right well that's all i got for awards it's up to you now Lindsay, for your fun stuff and then back oh, to okay. me
1: do we have inflation nation and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. okay i didn't
0: know no no yeah sorry i have uh i have like couple things of stuff in Jeff and a couple inflationation. Okay. Wasn't a whole lot for this. There's movie. quite a
1: bit of trivia on this, which shouldn't be surprising considering the fact that it's based on somewhat historical events. Yeah. A crucial fact left out of the movie was that Bonnie Parker was virtually incapacitated for the last year of her life due to a car wreck. Clyde Barrow was driving fast down a lonely country road in Texas when he came upon a washed out bridge. Unable to stop in time, the car went over the edge, crashed into the creek, and the force of the impact jarred Bonnie's seat forward, pinning her in the car as it began to catch fire. She received severe burns on the backs of her legs that made it difficult to walk. She would either limp or was carried by Clyde. She was, in fact, injured at the time of the nighttime tourist court shootout and the field shootout where Buck was killed that occurred near the end of the film. So, now, why would you have
0: left... I mean, I guess it's more dramatic if she's not injured when yeah. they get killed
1: yeah there's more stuff don't worry i feel
0: like that would have been cool though, to see like that would have been just more dynamic for the characters anyways okay cool to see just dynamic for the film
1: gene hackman was on the set one day when he noticed a guy standing behind him and staring the man said hell buck would have never worn a hat like that hackman turned around and looked at him and said maybe not he looked like an old texas farmer the man introduced himself and said, nice to meet you. I'm one of the borrows. <laughs> because as we found out, some members of this movie, not the actors, the people on which these movie or these incidents were portrayed, were still alive. And we're still alive when Jeff and I were born. Yeah. And for a good couple of years after. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, because. Yeah, go Blan- ahead. Yeah, because Blanche. Died in 88. Died in 88.
1: And Blanche's mother, who's not in the movie. Nope. But Blanche's mother died in 1995. She was 101 years old. Yep. So Blanche's mother... She was born in 1894. (laughs) Yeah. She lived through two centuries.
0: Yeah. She lived through and almost into a third, technically. Yeah. If she had gone another five more years, she would have been... No, sorry.
1: She was only at one century.
0: Well, Well, she was in... She was in uh, 1897. That would have been the, the 19th century.
1: Yeah, I know. But I said two because I can't. I right? thought yeah, she but, lived to the year 2000. She oh, no. Been but she was in. 100, She was in. She lived No, she lived in the 1800s yeah. the, and the 1900s. So that would have been
0: two. Two centuries.
1: Oh, yeah. she. I said she saw the turn oh, of two sorry, centuries.
0: Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I thought you meant that she no. lived in two centuries. I'm like, well, she no. did no, live no. in two centuries.
1: No, no, no. She saw two, the turn of two centuries. Anyway.
0: <sighs> <laughs> that okay. character is not in this movie no. at all.
1: <laughs> the characters Eugene Gizzard and Velma Davis, played by Gene Wilder and Evans Evans, are based on Dillard Darby and Sophia Stone of Ruston, Louisiana. On the night of April 27th, 1933, Darby and Stone were briefly kidnapped by the Barrow gang, who had stolen Darby's car. After driving around Ruston for several hours, Darby and Stone were released unharmed. During the drive, when Darby mentioned that he was an undertaker, Bonnie Parker remarked, Well, maybe you'll work on me someday. A year later, Darby did just that. He was one of the undertakers who worked on Bonnie Parker's body after she and Clyde Barrow were killed in the roadside ambush near Gibsland, Louisiana, in May of 1934.
0: That's nuts.
1: <laughs> in the special edition DVD documentary, Estelle Parsons says that she was the only member of the cast who actually researched the history of the Barrow gang. She also says that early in the filming, she wanted to meet the real Blanche Barrow, but Warren Beatty in his capacity as the producer, who was against the idea. Finally, after a week, Warren relented and set up a meeting with Blanche, but at that point, Parsons had lost interest and never met Blanche. In fact, Warren Beatty brought the script to Blanche for her to read before read for her approval before she would give permission to use her name. She agreed the script was factual and approved it. While he while there he played her piano and sang for her. I don't know why that's important. She was very fond of Warren, even though the <laughs> the director completely changed the script to make her look as in her own words, a screaming horse's ass
0: <laughs> And there's your felicity.
1: She took her third <laughs> I said husband.
0: Fuck in the first like oh, ten seconds. I missed of it. The
1: episode. She fun. took her third husband Eddie to see the movie with her for the first time and nearly died of embarrassment. So essentially, he took the script to her. She approved it, and then he rewrote it.
0: What a dick! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
1: Near the end of the film, Bonnie and Clyde are lying in bed discussing marriage. In reality, Bonnie was already married. She married her high school sweetheart, Roy Thornton, before meeting Clyde. Thornton was a petty criminal who was sent to prison to, for life for murder. She
0: just has... She knows how to pick him. She knew how Despite
1: to Despite his conviction, Bonnie never divorced... Con- yeah, conviction. Bonnie never divorced him, and to the day she died, Bonnie Parker was officially Mrs. Roy Thornton. Bonnie was still wearing Thornton's ring when she was killed.
0: Damn. That's weird.
1: (laughs) Such a romantic love story. Uh, In a 1968 interview, Warren Beatty mentioned that his last conversation with ex-girlfriend Natalie Wood took place in the summer of 1966, when he tried unsuccessfully to get her to play Bonnie Parker in his film. Later that evening, she attempted to take her own life and was was discovered by her live-in housekeeper.
0: And then made it another 10 years or 12 years. She stopped floating. She stopped floating. Curse you, Christopher Walken! Wow! Wow! <laughs> Floating woods. In an
1: inter- TV interview, director Arthur Penn pointed out that this film shows for the first time the firing of a gun and the consequences in one single frame. Before that, you would see a gun being fired, then, then the cut, and then the next scene would show the bleeding body. In *Body and Clyde*, you see a gun being fired. I am yawning because I tried to suppress a burp, so I didn't burp into the microphone. Don't ask. You see a gun being fired into the face of a person without intercut. This was incredible at the time and would have been censored in the past. Such a shot had, however, already been used in all three films of uh, Sergio Leone's Dollars Trilogy.
0: Which kind of busted out and broke into that. And this movie uses a lot of squibs and stuff like that in it whenever people get Mm -hmm. shot. Which I know we've discussed squibs in the past, so I'm not going to bother going through that again. Little tiny explosives with blood packets. Yes. Nowadays they use condoms.
1: Producer Gross. Producer Warren Beatty <laughs> requested because they bust so
0: well. Eh. That's the sad That story. makes me feel continue. Sad. <laughs> <sighs> sad, continue.
1: Producer Warren Beatty requested that the sound of gunshots in the movie should be much louder than the rest of the soundtrack. He was greatly influenced by Shane in this regard. Oh really? However, at a screening in London, he noticed that the gunfire sounds were much softer than intended. He went to the projection booth where the productionist was told Where the projectionist told that, hold on, (laughs) grammar. This no, this sentence is not written correctly. Where the projectionist told him that he had helped the film by adjusting the gunfire sounds. The projectionist said that he had not come across a film so poorly mixed since Shane.
0: (laughs) Well, at least at least you know he he achieved Warren Beatty achieved what he was going for when he was inspired by that. And I did notice that while we were watching the movie. That was actually a good point. Even the modern-day Blu-ray copy of the film, the sound of the guns is still ridiculously loud in yeah. comparison to the rest. Because I kept turning it Sorry. up and down, and then I'm just leaving it. Because I'm like, fuck, it, I'm tired of yeah. turning it up and down. The, some, it's very said, loud. It's
1: like the third time you said the F word. Morgan Fairchild, <laughs> who was active in Dallas Cedar, began her film career in this film as Faye Dunaway's Stand-In. Hmm. Bonnie Parker was four foot ten. Damn. Nine inches shorter than Faye Dunaway, four foot ten would also make her legally a little person. They're tiny. <laughs> in the scene in which C. W. Moss, who's the creepy little guy with the tattoo, yeah. yeah parallel who they call boy through the whole movie. That's right. In the scene in which C. W. Moss parallel parks the getaway car while Clyde and Bonnie are in the bank and then had trouble getting the car out of the space, is based on a true event but it didn't happen to Bonnie and Clyde. It occurred on June 10th, 1933. The bank robbers in question were John Dillinger and William Shaw, and the driver was Paul Lefty Parker. This is documented in Brian Burroughs' Public Enemies, America's Greatest Crime Wave, and the Birth of the FBI, 1933-1934, to upon which the film Public Enemies from 2009 was based, which was the book I was going to read part of before I did this. I have had that book... When that Since movie came, came out. out. Since that movie came out, and I still haven't read all of it. I was still haven't read Prohibition either.
0: Wasn't that wasn't that from uh
1: That was the summer of two thousand nine. Was it two
0: thousand nine? I just yeah, I, I said
1: two thousand nine. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, I said when upon you which the film it, yeah. Public Enemies from two thousand nine was based.
0: You don't listen to me, I don't listen to you. We are a perfect match when it comes to doing this
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently the real Blanche Barrow then sued Warner Brothers over the way she was depicted in the film. In reality, Burls was the same age as Bonnie Parker, arguably better looking than her. She was not a preacher's daughter and had married Buck knowing full well that he was an escaped prisoner and twice divorced. That's
0: just, all the girls just... Attracted to the Bartleman.
1: Jane Fonda woohoo hoo appeared uh, on the December sixth, two thousand twelve episode of Bravo's Watch What Happens Live, and confessed that she auditioned for Bonnie, a role she wanted desperately, and was still pissed for losing it to Faye Dunaway, ending de- a decades decades long rumor that Jane had turned down the role.
0: Hmm.
1: Yep. The poem that Bonnie reads aloud in the rented flat is The Story of Suicide Sal, written by Bonnie Parker, 1932.
0: Which I have a link to on the podcast page on ghosthat.net, if you wish to actually read it all. Because I found it online. I was going to just copy and paste it, but the thing is freaking long, and I just really don't feel like copying and pasting the entire thing on there.
1: Sorry, there's a lot of... Oh, Michael J. Pollard, who plays CW... Yep. ...didn't realize in eating scenes that you don't actually eat all the food because of the possibility of repeated takes. Sure enough, he soon regretted it in the scene in which the outlaws kidnap a couple and eat their lunch in the car. By the 12th take, Pollard was feeling decidedly ill, having had to eat 12 whole hamburgers. Oh, gosh. Bonnie's family reunion scene was shot through a window screen to give it a hazy, nostalgic effect. Which just looked weird. (laughs) Roger Ebert had only been a film critic for six months when he saw this film and hailed it as the first masterpiece he had seen on the job.
0: He gave it a four star.
1: Yep. And I see why. Yep. Cher auditioned for the role of Bonnie Parker. I could have seen that. But when her husband and manager at the time, Sonny Bono, heard about the audition, he was furious at Warren Beatty for letting his wife audition for such a controversial film. Yeah,
0: That's bad because Sonny controlled her life. I know, a tree. I know way too much about Sunny. I know way too much about Sonny and Share. I feel <laughs> I'm not proud of that. Uh, I know Sorry, there's
1: a lot of this, so I'm scrolling through. I mean, you That's can keep Bonnie. talking about Share if you want to. I
0: could have seen Share as Bonnie. I think she would have fit it because Share then not not. Crap tons of surgery, Share now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Not, not, there's no remaining original part of share. Yeah. I'm talking share from the 60s. Yeah. Would have, she would have looked okay as the role. Yeah. She could have done a good job at it. She acted on she the Sonny and Cher all the time. I know
1: she did.
0: She did well as the Sonny on, on that she show. Did.
1: She has an Oscar, doesn't she?
0: I think for Moonstruck.
1: Yeah. Uh, this film was heavily influenced by the French New Wave directors, Shocker, mainly through its rapid shifts of tone and its choppy editing. Because if you think about it, it's really similar to... Easy Rider and, uh, French Connection and, yeah, stuff like that. It's
0: very... And
1: I was a little wary when we started this movie. I'm sitting here going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. This is one of those movies, isn't it? It's not. It's fine. It's, it's very... It's more than fine. It's good. I liked it.
0: It's very fast-paced, except for, like, one or two, like, scenes where they do slow it down a little bit, but it's a fairly fast-moving film. For it being a late 60s movie... It, it, it has, like, editing of an 80s film, I feel like. Like, it, I feel like it goes along those lines when it comes to the editing. So it's kind of cool. It, it kept... It's easy to keep your attention. It's not one of those long, drawn-out... It's not, like... Shane. <laughs> Sorry, Shane, which was two episodes ago, but...
1: yes. Yeah, just... Before deciding to play the role himself, producer Warren Beatty's first choice for the role of Clyde Barrow was musician and composer... Want to take a wild guess? 60s? Yep.
0: Uh, musician and composer? Musician and composer from the 60s. Yep. Bob Dylan.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who resembled the actual borrow more strongly than Beatty? Oh, that would have been weird. Yeah, what would if- have. Thousands of berets were sold worldwide after Faye Dunaway wore them in this film, and I literally said, I really like her hat. Maybe I'll get <laughs> one tomorrow. Make one tomorrow. <laughs> the movie's line, We Rob Banks, was voted at the number 41 spot movie quote by the AFI. This is the AFI's number five of top ten gangster films, as of June 2008.
0: I need to look that up. I wonder what other movies are on that list.
1: The family gathering scene was filmed in Red Oak, Texas. Several local residents were watching the film being shot when the filmmaker noticed Mabel Cavett, a local school teacher among the people gathered. She was chosen then and there to play Bonnie Parker's mother. Warner Brothers had so little faith in the film that, in an unprecedented move, it was offered its it offered its first time producer Warren Beatty forty percent of the gross instead of a minimal fee. The movie then went on to gross over fifty million dollars. Damn!
0: So is that where is that where Warren Beatty made most of his money from? Was this movie? Yeah. By the way, that list the top ten gangster films yeah. would definitely be fun to do. What is it? Um, Scarface. Okay. The eighties one. Yeah. Little Caesar. Okay. Which is a '30s yeah rock, uh, gangster one.
1: The uh um, what's his face? James Cagney, Public Enemy.
0: Yes. 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 Uh, so yep. Public Pulp Enemy. Fiction. Pulp Fiction. The original Scarface. Okay. Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. White Heat, which I've never. I haven't seen Heard any... of that one?
1: I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. It's old, just, isn't it? Yeah. It looks old. I mean,
0: maybe it's just I don't recognize the okay. picture of it. Yeah. And then Godfather Part Two. Goodfellas. Oh, God good. I'm glad one.
1: Goodfellas is number two on this list.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a like a pinnacle gangster film at this point.
1: Co-writer Robert Benton got the idea for his script from his father, who had actually attended the separate funerals of Parker and Barrow. Let's see. I'm like not even to the bottom yet. Unusually, unusually for such a graphic and violent film, Arthur Penn intended it to be partly comic, almost like a send-up of the 1930s era gangster films.
0: Sorry, I looked up Robert Benton's uh, IMDb page, and I'm scrolling through the movies that he wrote, and I see Twilight, I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? No, it's a 1998 movie with Gene Hackman in <laughs> it called Twilight. I just got really... Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the same... It has the same dude who did Superman, the original Superman, yeah. and Cripper vs. Kramer. Like... Did a lot of good movies, or a handful of good movies, and I'm like, uh, oh, please don't tell me.
1: Costume designer Theodora Van Runkle, who the only reason I'm reading this is because I wanted to say her name on like, had Runkle. to deal with Warren Beatty's worries that he would be upstaged by Faye Dunaway. He is 6'4", she is 5'7". This is why Van Runkle kept Dunaway in flat shoes throughout the film. Plus, I feel like that would have been more appropriate for... Uh, maybe not. I don't know. For that era, but for her, she yeah, might have chose... Yeah, because she was poor... Texas
0: yeah, they, she girl. was... She
1: would have been wearing flat shoes. She would have
0: been wearing the flat shoes. Plus, if they were going to be out running around trying to escape, would you put high heels on? No. Because that'd be harder to get around in. Yeah.
1: Um. Let's see. Originally, writers Robert Benton and David Newman wrote Clyde Barrow as a bisexual, a point which they felt... Was non negotiable. Warren Beatty had no pro- objections to this, but Arthur Penn did. He felt that to have Clyde be part gay, part gay, I like how that's how it's phrased, on top of all the other social dysfunctions featured in the film would just make the audience think that they're watching a bunch of freaks. Ben and Newman couldn't help agree. Nice, 1967. Nice. Good job. That was a sarcastic, slow clap.
0: Sarcastic. <laughs>
1: While scouting for locations, production designer Dean Ta- Tabularis was delighted to see that a lot of the smaller Texas towns hadn't changed much since the 1930s.
0: Yeah, they kind of looked... It didn't look like there was a whole lot of set decoration going on. Like, that looked like it was, yeah. oh, it's it's. this is what it looks like. We're just going to go with it. We're going to a couple old cars and wear a suit and we're good.
1: One of Arthur Penn's intentions was to make the character of Blanche as hysterical as possible so it would make Bonnie look even cooler. Kind of worked. (laughs) It worked, but at the same time, it
0: made Bonnie kind of look like a bitch. A little bitch. She was kind of a bitch. I know. Like, it was, I mean, if that was the direction they were going, then congratulations. They There's it. another
1: <laughs> thing that I want to read just because I want to say this name on mic. <laughs> anyway, since this was Estelle Parsons' first film, she was amazed at the extent of the special effects. When she and Jean Hackman attempted an escape from a motel room using a mattress for protection from police gunfire, Parsons was required to crank a concealed wheel that sequentially detonated squibs embedded in the foam simulating police bullet hits. Arthur Penn was particularly fascinated with the way Akira Kurosawa handled violent action and death in his films. In particular, he drew on Kurosawa's balancing of slow motion and real time that he employed in Seven Samurai. Hmm. I just really wanted to say Akira Kurosawa.
0: <laughs> you know, you could just you could just go through the whole trivia and then at the end be like, here are names I want to, to read. <laughs> just because.
1: Voted, uh, Premiere Magazine voted this as one of the most dangerous, top 25 most dangerous movies. The film debut of Jane 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 Wilder. Gene Wilder. Born Beatty wanted to produce this movie in black and white. This was rejected by Warner Brothers. One of the first films to feature an extensive use of squibs. Michael J. Pollard admitted in later interviews that he borrowed his accent from Bob Dylan's the uh, album Blonde on Blonde. And these visions of Joanna. Okay. At the time, this was Warner Brothers' second highest grossing film after My Fair Lady. (laughs) Faye Dunaway nearly lost the part of Bonnie Parker as she should have put on some weight for another movie.
0: How dare her. How dare her be healthy.
1: (laughs) Okay, if you want to know the rest of this stuff, read it. All right.
0: One more trivia? Anything? Actually,
1: you know what? There is going to be one more. No, no. if you want to know more facts, go read the spoiler section of IMDb. Okay. Talking about how in real life, like Clyde was an excellent marksman, and the people hunting him down knew he was really good with a gun, and that's probably explains why they gunned them down so violently. Because he would have, he
0: would have retaliated and started picking them off.
1: So I'm going to go sense. home and watch Public Enemies. It now. does make
0: more sense. I would like
1: to watch You're it again because I sense.
0: have not seen it in forever. I'd like to just, yeah.
1: It's on my iPad right now.
0: <clears> I have not seen it since before we went to Little Bohemia.
1: You haven't seen it since 2009. Yeah. Wow.
0: I swear, I think I pretty much, I'm almost positive I saw it in theaters and it was the one time You I did? Saw you,
1: it. me, and Dan? Yep. No, just you and me.
0: And it was good. I enjoyed it. I just never got around. to it. And they it had
1: again. all the cars outside. Yeah,
0: that's right. Because
1: they filmed a lot of Public Enemies in Wisconsin.
0: And a lot—they got a lot of local people uh-huh. with their old cars. Because they the filmed air. it in
1: Madison. Because
0: that was the—that was Oshkosh, DC.
1: Ashkosh, Ashkosh or Appleton, and up north in uh, Manitowish Waters at Little Bohemia. Yep, which is right by my parents' lakehouse.
0: You cool up there? Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, stuff and things. I'm are sorry inf- that took
1: a long time. Well, I apologize. Fine. It's still been a while since we've had a lot of trivia.
0: Stuff and things or Inflation Nation? Which one? Stuff and things. Stuff and things. We got four stuff and things with Jeff. Number one. Curse you conveniently placed (laughs) windowsills. How am I supposed to see Faye Dunaway's boobs with you in the way? That's true. I hate when they do that. Number two. If you're hiding from the police, why would you sit by the door at the theater? It's a good question. He kept, like, freaking out. I'm like, dude, go in the corner in the dark where no one's going to look at you. You'll be fine. Number three. The cop is not Walker, Texas Ranger. No. Even though they call him Texas Ranger, it's not Walker, Texas Ranger. And number four, I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to have a picnic at a sand factory.
1: Yeah, right? It's like at a quarry. Quarry. That
0: was the freaking word I was looking for. Quarry.
1: I I like sand factory.
0: I spent, no joke, 15 minutes of the movie
1: trying to
0: figure out the word quarry. Could not think of the word. I'm and like, now
1: you're not allowed to make fun of me for confusing Thelma, Louise, and Bonnie and Clyde in my head. I'm like, it's sand pit.
0: It's not a pit. Where do you mine sand? What is it? What is it? It's a quarry. It is a quarry. It's a quarry. Thank you. Sand Factory. All right, so that's all the stuff and things with Jeff. I guess number five, Jeff now knows what a quarry is. Um, here's Inflation Nation. Okay, so what I kind of did is based upon when um, Bonnie and Clyde died, it was 1934, um, a lot of the film took place. They met in 32. And mm-hmm. then it took, there was a two-year run. So, what I did is I, for Inflation Nation, based everything off of 1933. Okay. I just, because there was never a, this is now 1933, this is now 1934. There was never, like, a date stamp on the film. So, I just kind of picked the middle, and that's what we went off of. That's what I went off of for all the Inflation Nation. So, so uh, five cents, which was the cost for a Coke at the drugstore that Bonnie... Yep. Rob, uh, uh, Clyde, Rob's. I said Bonnie. I meant Clyde. Sorry. It was ninety-one cents nowadays. Seventy thousand dollars is the capital at the Farmers State Bank that hey. has no money. Is the equivalent to one point two million dollars nowadays. One dollar and ninety-eight cents. It's all the money and Clyde says he has after the failed bank robbery at the Farmers State Bank. That's thirty-five ninety-nine. So we got thirty-six bucks on them. is all they got left. Okay, know? good. Six dollars and forty-three cents is the cost for the groceries that were delivered to their house when they were all together with Buck and Blanche and all them. Yeah. That's one hundred and sixteen eighty-seven. Now I, I free I'm like, damn, it's a lot of money for for groceries because. I spend maybe $40 on and me when for we three weeks. we go grocery
1: shopping in our house, it's like, that's about how much we spend. Unless I go to the grocery store with my mom, and then it's up around 200 <laughs> Which Mom, I need this. Mom, I need this. Mom. Mom, mom, you know you're mom, not- mom, can I try this face wash even though I'm going to use it twice and it's going to make my face angry? I'm just going to go back to what I was using. Mom, mom, you, you mom. You know
0: you're not eight, right? <laughs> Sometimes no.
1: I like going to the grocery store with my dad because he lets me put anything in the cart. My mom has to tell me no. <sighs> dad, can I have these weird flavored Pop-Tarts that are green on the inside? Yeah, throw them in the cart. Dad, dad, I want these X-Men pop Okay, put them in the cart. Again. When I broke up with my first serious boyfriend in high school, my dad bought me all sorts of junk food and taught me to eat my feelings.
0: And again, we, eat our feelings. we are not eight years old. <laughs> no. But no, when I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, that no. was actually, those groceries were actually for five people.
1: That's not bad for five so,
0: people. So, no, that's actually less than what I, I paid for myself. And then finally, $40 was the amount that Clyde offered CW's dad for their hospitality. And he said, no, don't worry about it. That is the equivalent to $727. Yes, seven hundred and twenty-seven dollars. That's a lot of money that he was actually offering Clyde's dad. Sorry, uh, yeah. CW's dad. So well with that I'm done. That's all I got.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot. Oh, okay. I
0: it was I kept track of what I could, but there wasn't a whole lot for this movie. Sadly. But, um, alright, so final thought. general thoughts about Bonnie and Clyde, because we kind of, like, I know last episode we talked a lot about it, up, or about the movie up front, and then didn't talk much at the end, well, we didn't really talk much about it. You liked it.
1: I did. I, liked I really it. liked it. I like this kind of movie, though.
0: Mm-hmm. I liked the pacing of it. Me I th- too. There was two or three jump cuts that bothered me a little bit because they were in the middle of That's a shot. because you're a snob. Well, and I looked it up online and I was reading that, like, they filmed a whole lot of stuff that was not put into the film. Like, they purposely took out of the movie yeah. and then, would then like, put a couple little things back in. So a couple of those jump cuts were where they removed stuff or spliced it back in for... Like, like they cut it out originally and then they put the film footage back in later on. So I I for, I, like, I can just forgive it and not deal with it but it bothers me when there's weird jump cuts and stuff it's just this kind of weird looking Yeah. So, would you recommend it yes, to I would. other people
1: yeah if you like gangster films and you like history films watch it. it's a good movie. combination Yeah, it's, it's not historically accurate no, I don't care
0: it's not you can you can tell well you can tell that it is it is exactly what I am to be said it is a romanticized I version. love
1: when they make movies from this era and make the people much better looking than they actually were yeah because let me tell you right now John Dillinger was absolutely no Johnny Depp. No.
0: Melvin <laughs> Purvis,
1: no Christian Bale.
0: <laughs> look a lot better nowadays than they do back then. Yeah. And it seems to be that it's a common thread for anything in the 30s I've noticed. Because you can even mm-hmm. go back to the untouchables. Like Elliot Ness and all of them did not look like Kevin Costner or no. did not look like any of those actors. It's kind of just like thing like that. It's it's always that era of storytelling whenever they do that the actors they get are always better looking than the original people were it's very rare that they're never not well with that Lindsay, what is uh the next movie that our next movie is
1: king kong yay point of clarification it is the 19 what 33 king kong yep
0: with fey ray with fey ray fey
1: ray and king i just wrote king king instead of king Kong.
0: (sighs) my autocorrect likes to autocorrect king kong to king king
1: Yes. Faye Ray, Robert Armstrong, Bruce Cabot, Frank Reichter
0: The much shorter. Riker. Like I think it's only like an hour and f-
1: hour and forty, 40 minutes, minutes. An unrated adventure fantasy horror movie. A film crew goes to a tropical island for an exotic location shoot and discovers a colossal giant gorilla who takes a shine to their female blonde star. Is this where the gates in Jurassic Park came from, or is that the remake of this?
0: No, the gates in the gates in Jurassic Park because that's where that line that Malcolm says, "What are you keeping in there, King Kong?" Yeah. It's because the Gates in Jurassic Park are based upon the Gates in King
1: Oh, they're Kong. based upon them. I thought they yes. used the same ones.
0: Uh no, they were based upon them, gotcha. I think. And then they just made the gag d- joke about yeah. them looking so similar. Yeah. But um you know, and we'll talk more about it. We'll talk more about like the Peter Jackson remake,
1: which I've seen.
0: And it, it, we,
1: and I think after that, I will have after we watch this one, I think I'll have seen almost all of them.
0: The movies. Yep. After this, we
1: actually own this one on DVD because this is the one my dad prefers.
0: The original King Kong. Yep. I enjoy the original King Kong. I grew up watching the original one all the time. That's
1: and this is just not my jam of movie. Generally, my mind may be changed. I don't know.
0: We'll keep it. We'll find out. We'll find out and see what happens. And yeah, we'll talk. Tune in
1: next week for another exciting episode of Will Lindsay give a shit about this movie?
0: That's a completely separate podcast. (laughs) You should do your own like. Secondary podcast.
1: That'll be the video podcast. Whether or not you cared cast, yeah. about
0: the movie, being like, "This movie
1: was stupid." It's fucking stupid. I would never. I, I have this? very rarely said that about a movie on mm-hmm. this list. Mm-hmm. I've said it. I just haven't said it very often. I
0: was just saying. It's been a couple. Oh yeah. Just like I've had a couple.
1: I well, think we need to get into those because people just get angry. No, about no.
0: It. But I think I think we're only sitting at a couple movies a piece. Yeah. That out of out of the sixty some odd movies that we've watched that that we uh i think there's only maybe 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 six or seven total amongst us yeah that we we yeah that we flat out did not care for so
1: that's and they were relatively early in the list yeah
0: which is good that they're that high or that low low or high
1: I never know. I always (sighs) screw it up. They're that far down the list. That
0: far down the list. You know, and if there's going to be anywhere there's going to be a movie that I'm not going to like, I want it to be there. Yep. Because then it justifies that... This movie being on the list... Okay, we haven't done that Oh, yeah. Why is... Do you think that... Why do you think this movie's on the list?
1: Because it's a good representation of American history at this point, even if it is romanticized and it was filmed and written really well and the acting was really good. Because you can't say that about... The early gangster movies. Right.
0: Because I'm sure they've done I'm I'm almost positive they did the Bonnie and Clyde story prior to Oh, I'm to sure this. they did. This was just the the best version of that story. Right. Which everybody knows who Bonnie and Clyde were. Yep. They know, if anything, they know that they were killed and they were bank robbers. That's yeah. all that's all that probably three quarters of the population yep. knows about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. But and that's all that you it's not it's not all that you need to know, but that's what this movie. I mean,
1: and it does romanticize it, so I can't speak to how you know accurate it is about their life together. But I mean, it's still a nice movie. It's
0: still a nice movie. It's well done. The yes, movie is, it is very well done.
1: It's filmed well, and it's acted well, and yeah, the, the story is good. And the
0: I mean, I, it justifies them getting nominated for the yeah. the leading actors and the supporting actors because it mm-hmm. it justified. Because Bonnie
1: was a head bitch in charge. Hell yes, straight up.
0: That's also her Get name. Get them out of here. <laughs> and they just left Gene Wilder and Evans Evans along the side of the road with their really burgers did. in their hands. Yep. I'm surprised they didn't take the burgers. They should have. I think that would have been a joke nowadays. They'd have kicked them yeah. out of the car, the doors would have the shut, burgers. and then their arm, the, the like.
1: CW's arm would have come out yep, of the car and grabbed the burgers. the burgers and then
0: just drove off. Yep. That would have been the joke nowadays. Funny stuff. All right, well. I guess this is the end of the podcast, Lindsay. I guess. So with that, with end of episode sixty-two.
1: End of episode. Th- th- uh, th- no. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Well, with that, everybody.
1: It's all uphill from here.
0: Good kids. night. Good night, Radio Rahim.
1: And hey. good night, C.K. Dexter Haven. I love that
0: it took so many episodes for you to get a good night. <laughs> I grabbed. Like
1: C K. It's because they. It's Jimmy Stewart is drunk, she and he just kept, keeps saying, "Yeah, he keeps yelling." C.K. Dexter Haven. What's up? And I think it's oh, funny. You
0: are. <laughs> it's funny stuff.
1: I'm excited that school is done now. I can read that Jim, uh, Jimmy Stewart biography I downloaded. You have to
0: let me know how it is. I will. Because I've read the Dick Van Dyke biography. I have read the Jerry Lewis biography about his time with Dean Martin. Yeah, I, I enjoy that reading. For you for Christmas. Yes, and it is still my favorite book of all time. Okay. Oh, um, we got
1: Karen her favorite book of all time for Christmas too.
0: If anybody who's ever liked Dean Martin and or Jerry Lewis, read Dean and Me: A Love Story, written by Jerry Lewis. A very good book about his time with Dean Martin anyways um, not in a gay way it's very but it's very much so like his love relationship with Dean Martin like how much he loved him as a brother yeah. basically and all the stuff he did dudes for him dudes
1: can love good. each other some it's dudes amazing. love other dudes it's cool Goodbye. <laughs> okay bye, okay, bye. <laughs> swing me <laughs> if we ever release the opening to this episode where we do the mic test that'll make way more sense but we're not gonna so bye everybody bye someday
0: someday <laughs> Wing me! Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to GhostHat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like... Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material famous person's story time a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it e- even if that memory is completely wrong so if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute while working out or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook
1: at facebook.com slash ghosthat.